0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Matzik and Jessica Ty.
1: All right, here we go. Wisconsin's Midday News on a Thursday. Greg and Jessica with you. Aaron Pelican, our intrepid producer. We are loaded up today. A lot of big stories here and things that are affecting you as early as 3 a.m. Yes. 3 a.m.
2: Everybody waking up. Well, not everybody, but some people, depending on who your cell carrier is, waking up going, what's going on? Why can't you make a phone
1: call? All to be detailed here in our three big things. And now it's
0: time for three big things on Wisconsin's Midday News. All right, so we
1: alluded to it, Jessica. It's an issue with AT&T. Yes. So the first wave of issues happened about 3 o'clock this morning. By 8 o'clock, more than 74,000 AT&T customers reported outages Including yours truly. I did not report my outage, but I have an yeah, outage. You
2: tried to report your outage to your wife. you like, oh, I got to call her, right, to see if there's an issue, but then you couldn't
1: call her. Yeah, no, I'm still without service. I'm on the SOS world here, so... That makes getting into our two-factor authentication (laughs) email rather difficult today. It
2: just makes the day a rough start, right?
1: It definitely does. So customers most affected live in Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Miami, Austin, Texas, also affected. Again, these are folks who reported issues. Brian Fung is an expert on such situations. As of right now, it seems like the main um, problem seems to affect AT&T
3: only. Um, and again, uh, an industry official telling CNN earlier today uh, that uh, this does not appear linked to any cyber or other malicious activity.
1: All right, so the, uh, the alien invaders are not coming. It doesn't appear to be anything more significant than that, but it's an AT&T thing more than anything.
2: Yeah, it's not that the space junk came crashing down and like busted AT&T's infrastructure.
1: Uh, no, not that we know <laughs> of anyway. But you're you're in the clear, right?
2: I am in the clear because I have Verizon. But it's really funny because Verizon doesn't work well (laughs) here at Third Street Market. Also, normally, I feel like uh, not so good about that. But today, I'm feeling good because I've got Verizon. Well, well,
1: good. You're in good shape then. I get phone calls.
2: Yeah, but so fingers crossed for everybody else.
1: We'll keep monitoring this throughout the day. Uh, Hopefully, the numbers do not get worse. AT&T is saying that that they're getting there. They're starting to restore services to uh, several of its customers. So that is a good sign. What else do we have today?
2: Number two happening right now on the ice right now in chicago We're going streaking, <laughs> <laughs> and no they're not going streaking like you know ripping off the clothes and running down the neighborhood by any means we're talking about the milwaukee admirals it's a rare weekday morning puck drop they are going for 18 wins in a row.
1: I, this is unbelievable to me. I, like The Admirals are 34-10 and 10 this season. It's like,
2: fantastic. The winningest
1: team in Milwaukee right now.
2: What was it? Was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. We had John Greenberg, president of the Milwaukee Admirals, here in the studio with us as they were going for win number 17. They got that one up in Manitoba. Um, the game, though, today, just getting started right now. It's in Chicago against the Wolves. But what a run. And, and I, I, I'm feeling it. I feel like they're just going to keep 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 on going. Go for that that history-making one.
1: Pretty amazing stuff. Anytime you win 18 in a row, I don't care what it is, that is pretty impressive stuff.
2: Number three. Those hoping the NBA All-Star Game would eventually make its way here to Milwaukee, well, ah, we were keeping our fingers crossed, but now it's looking like we shouldn't be holding our breath.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. So the NBA has reportedly upped the requirements for a city to host the All-Star Game. So they're they're kind of doing an about-face here. Seventy-two hundred fifty hotel rooms are needed and at least three five-star hotels. We don't have that in Milwaukee. Convention Center with 650,000 square feet of exhibition space. Okay, all good there. Seventy-five non-stop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights. I'm not sure the number's there, but we'll find out in a few minutes here with our next guest. I, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, said back in 2018 before he Fiserv even us. opened, it's coming, it, it'll get there. No problem, we'll get it to Milwaukee. The Bucks have filed for some sort of a appeal or a grandfathered-in exemption, if you will, going back to previous commitments and discussions they've had with the NBA's league office. But stadiums that have gone up here more recently than Fiserv have already been awarded an All-Star game, including the Chase Center where the Warriors play. You've got next year's game in Los Angeles. This year was in Indianapolis, so it's not like a Midwestern thing. It's been in Chicago recently, in Cleveland back in 2022. No, but
2: I always think Indy, anytime anybody says Indy, oh, Midwest and whatnot, very similar. But Indy is just such a huge basketball spot. Don't get me wrong, though. I, I I want it here in Milwaukee without a doubt. But remember back, that was 2018, during the opening ceremony of the new arena, I mean, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, he really made it sound like this is going to be easy. It's yeah. more just pulling out the calendar and figuring out what's going to work date-wise. But it,
1: The Bucks have bid several times to have the All-Star game. They had Bango on a Segway rolling yes. through Times Square a couple years ago, handing Love out cookies to Bango. the league office. Like They want this thing, no doubt about it. But do they have the flights coming in and out of Milwaukee? Harold Mester is going to join us coming up on the other side. We'll ask him about that. He represents uh, Mitchell International. Spring travel, new offerings, global entry. Can we up the ante on that a little bit? Really interesting discussion. We will have it for you. It's 11 14 on WTMJ. The spring travel season is upon us. Boy, it seems like every other week there's a new offering at Mitchell International. And I want to talk about global entry as well. Joining us in studio is Harold Mester, Director of Public Affairs and Marketing for our fine airport in this fine city. Harold, thank you for joining us today as the spring travel season kicks up a little bit. Yeah, good morning, Greg. Hey, I wanted to touch on what Jessica and I spoke about with regard to the NBA All-Star game. They've got new criteria to try and find a host city, including 75 nonstop domestic flights and at least 20 international flights coming
4: in and out every day. That seems like a pretty extreme number. Yeah, I mean, we have 35 nonstop destinations right now. That's both domestic and international. But uh, all of our peer airports, when when we did a comparison, none of them are going to meet that. So you're really looking at just like the top 10 markets in the U.S., give or take, that are going to be able to accommodate that kind of traffic.
2: So when you see this, and we know now that Milwaukee is like, hey, We've got to get this. We want to get this. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said we were going to get this. They're asking for an exemption. Uh, you're basically saying then that we've got to get an exemption because there's no way that the airport can meet this,
4: correct? Well, I mean, I can't comment on, on the NBA's policies or anything. but I can just let you know that, that we don't meet that criteria, not only for the airport, but for the hotel criteria that they've set out. And um a lot of our peer cities have hosted this event in the past, and it's like they're changing the goalposts on us. Yeah, including Cleveland a
1: couple of years ago, right? right? I don't think the activity is any higher than at Mitchell. Where you have added some new daily stops or stops that will be coming up in uh, in the springtime. It, it, Harold, is that an indication that more and more people are using the airport in
4: Milwaukee to, to achieve that, that, that growth and more offerings? Well, I think what we're seeing is the tail end of the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic when masses of people were not traveling. So the airlines have restored most of their routes that they were flying <clears throat> excuse me, in 2019 before COVID. So what we saw in 2023 is Southwest brought back their nonstops to Kansas City, Delta resumed their flights to Salt Lake City, and they've increased frequencies to a lot of other markets so that instead of having one or two per day, we might have three, four, or five flights per day to some of the other markets. But what we're going to see here in the month of March coming up is a, a really large amount of travel to warm weather destinations. We're getting sick of winter. We want to go to somewhere warm and sunny, hang out on the beach. So a lot of flights to Cancun, the Caribbean, Florida. We're going to have 26 flights during peak Saturdays in March just to the state of Florida. That's And those are on full-sized aircraft.
2: I love a good nonstop flight, and that's always that's always the worst when it's like, oh, well, I've, I've got to fly southwest because they're the only one who can get me there, straight there. So nonstop flights, more of them, we like to see that. What are people asking for right now, not even talking about spring break, but just overall? Are you hearing from people who want a nonstop flight to this destination or this one? Because you're doing so well about getting more, but what's next? What are you hoping to do?
4: Yeah, the, the biggest real uh, deficiency in our route map is the west coast, so... Los Angeles, San Francisco. Those are two of our top unserved markets. And we're constantly meeting with airlines, encouraging them to to add those and providing data showing that those routes would make money. But ultimately, it's the airlines that decide where to fly. Right. You know, we we don't own any airplanes. We we just run the facility. So we're we're trying to do our best to convince them uh, that Milwaukee is a great place to add that service. Now, We do have a nonstop to San Diego that's going to be happening in the summer on Saturdays. So that's a start, but we're looking to build off of that moving forward.
2: How do you convince the airlines that you got to come to Milwaukee? How do you do that?
4: A lot of it is numbers. So they look at where people are boarding flights. So if more people start their trip at Milwaukee and they make a connection at a large hub airport on their way to California... That can help us get that California service because they'll notice that, well, why are all of these people connecting in Denver or Minneapolis or Dallas to get to California? And if enough of us do that, that creates the strongest case to add that. But we also give a lot of information to the airlines like our expanded convention center Major events coming up, the RNC certainly, because that can help drive demand for more flights from Milwaukee. Hey, Harold, I wanted to ask you real quick about global entry. You guys had a
1: a day where if people were already pre-approved for their interview, they could show up and, and get their interview at the airport, and, and that was a wild success. Uh, is there a demand to have more global entry interviews conducted in a day, week, or month? I have mine scheduled for March 20th, and I don't want to reschedule it because... I want to make sure I get it done at that time before we go on a a broad vacation. Is there demand to have that beefed up at all?
4: Yeah, so just for the audience, Global Entry allows you to have an expedited reentry into the U.S. when you're on an international flight coming in. We did have an enrollment event last year. There is a customs office on Howell Avenue near the airport, and they do interviews every day, but I know those get booked up really fast. So I would say you're lucky to have one in March, and I would keep that. <laughs> if you have an appointment, <laughs> yes. definitely keep that. We're trying to work with them to do another special enrollment at the airport later this year. We don't have that confirmed yet, but um, I, I would say just try to get an interview anywhere you can at any customs office in the meantime.
1: Fascinating stuff. Harold is the Director of Public Affairs and Marketing for Mitchell International. Appreciate your time today, Harold. Thank you for coming in. Thanks. 1123 on WTMJ. President Biden on Wednesday says that while a college degree is still a ticket to a better life, the ticket's often too expensive, announcing he's canceling federal student loans for nearly 153,000 borrowers, and this is all part of his grand master plan unveiled over the last year or so. We welcome in M. Wynn from ABC. I find the timing interesting here, M. Is there something, I don't know, leading into the primary season, leading into election season where President Biden wanted to make this announcement this week?
5: I mean, I have no doubt that the administration has been thinking about this for a long time now. Of course, he initially wanted to cancel 400 billion dollars for about 43 million people. Right. But then uh, the Supreme Court had turned that down. So, of course, now they're working on other ways uh, to try and get some of that cancellation for thousands of people. And of course, President Biden is going to be trying to tout this plan along with other plans that he has been uh, going through on the campaign trail. Of course, he he is canceling about $1.2 billion. He said on Wednesday in Los Angeles, he said it means they, as the borrowers, can finally get on with their lives. Right now, he's on day two of three on the campaign trail through California today. Now, of course, we have been hearing a lot from Republicans. They are saying that it's not fair to taxpayers who have paid back their loans. Um, they're saying that these new debt relief moves from the administration are just encouraging colleges to keep charging more and more. But of course, the administration is pushing back on that. They say they are still putting pressure and accountability on colleges to make sure those tuition investments are clear and worth it. They also say that this relief, although some of that burden does fall on taxpayers, they believe that everyone's Um, by allowing these borrowers to get a break and invest more into the community, it's going to be helping the economy overall.
2: I think a lot of people right now are saying, I'll believe it when I actually see it this time. Does this plan have a chance?
5: Right. So this one is actually built into what's called the SAVE plan. That actually launched last summer. It was passed by Congress. So it is expected to move forward. Um, And there isn't expected to have a lot of, Pushback legally, so it appears as if those who have a balance of about twelve thousand or less, who are making payments for at least the last decade, that they will start to see those debts wiped within the next days or weeks to come. And really, if you're a part of a safe plan, if you had already enrolled in it, then you really don't have to do anything moving forward. Um, and actually the administration says they're going to be reaching out to some other people who may be eligible, maybe didn't sign up for the safe plan. They are going to be reaching out to those people as well. So it appears as if this will be rolling out pretty soon. We should see it. The thing is, activists are saying there's a lot of doubt out there because, one, we didn't see it the first time when the administration tried to get, uh, you know, billions of dollars worth wiped out for about 43 million borrowers. Um, but at the same time, the administration has been pushing this. Time and time again, and activists say that the administration really isn't getting much credit for the work done to forget student loans. Because since the beginning of his time in office, the president has wiped out more than $100 billion. But not a lot of conversation is around that because a lot of people are still looking at that SCOTUS case uh, from a few months ago that just was turned down. And so certainly voters are saying, well, you failed that time. Is it really going to work the next few
1: times? And when ABC News appreciate your time today and we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. It's 1129 on WTMJ. Well, if it's happening in the city of Milwaukee, he is all over it, covering it for Urban Milwaukee. He's the president of Urban Milwaukee, Jeremy Janine. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. You're joining us in studio from your downtown uh, location to ours. So happy to have you here. So we saw it yesterday, Cavalier Johnson was talking about it as well. We're kind of getting an idea of the RNC map. and. I equate it to like a, a, a target on a on a dartboard, right? As you hone in on the bullseye, being five-serve form, and then concentric circles, or in this case, squares or rectangles, extending out, we have a first sense of what the secure zone could look like here in Milwaukee. But what's to come?
0: That, that dartboard analogy is really good. That's a great way to think about it. Uh, at the highest level, RNC is coming middle of July, 50,000 people. Uh, the, President Trump is presumably going to be the nominee and with that comes a national special security event, a really rare Secret Service-led uh, initiative. Most of West Town, uh, on the west side of the river, and downtown Milwaukee will be under a enhanced security perimeter.
2: How difficult is it going to be to get around Milwaukee?
0: Well, if you talk to people that are boosting the convention, it's very easy. If you talk to Northwestern <laughs> Mutual, they're like, "Feel free to work from home that week."
2: Yes, that's right.
0: Uh, so th- there's kind of varying things happening there. Going back to Greg's dartboard idea. Close to Pfizer form, it's going to be virtually impossible to get in there if you don't have a credential. If you get closer to the river or closer to Interstate 43, there's going to be restrictions on vehicles, but you'll be able to exit and enter. Uh, the Secret Services already, you know, people are logically like, hey, I work in there. I live in that area. Secret Services. Is- says they're working with those people on logistics of how will they get in and out, where will these checkpoints be?
1: Will that information be revealed or unveiled, or is it something they want to keep more close to the vest?
0: I don't know to what extent they'll give you, okay, there's going to be six people posted at a security barrier right here, uh, but there will be clear announcements in the weeks leading up to the convention, uh, kind of the sense has been late June, early July, of, okay, this specific street, you will not be able to go past this point without a credential. This street, you won't be able to drive a vehicle within. This street, prepare to see extra police officers on the ground.
2: The other big story we're following today, Milwaukee Bucks seeking an exemption to host the NBA All-Star Game after these new rules. The new rules basically would exclude our city, unfortunately, but we go back to Adam Silver promising that, hey, you guys are going to get the NBA All-Star Game. Do you think that it's going to happen now that they change these rules?
0: I think the NBA talks a good game with these rules. They've kind of ramped up these, you need X amount of five-star hotels, you need so many hotel rooms, you need so many flights, and those have existed for many years, but recent All-Star Games have gone to Cleveland, Salt Lake City, Indianapolis, cities that don't comply with these rules, and they just keep moving the bar higher and then creating exceptions for everyone to get in underneath.
2: Isn't it wild, too, when you think about our hotels? We have so many great hotels. The Pfister, we've got the, the newer St. Kate, that's just beautiful. You think of it as a five-star hotel, but technically it's a four-star. And that's that's just a bummer because we've got we have so many great areas here, whether it's restaurants, bars, facilities, hotels. We're ready for this, I feel.
0: I think the RNC this summer will prove that the city can host a major event and the All-Star game is not the RNC in terms of scale.
1: I, I don't know if all politicians are coddled quite like NBA players are, however. <laughs> like, if it's not five-star, I ain't having it. Like, that's the message I get from the NBA on this. Yeah, I,
0: I get a kick out of the fact the collective bargaining agreement between the players and the league specifies things like shower heights and bed lengths. Yes. <laughs> like at the
1: Trade, at the Trade <laughs> right. Hotel. It's different. Yeah. It is different. Well, back in the day, they used to stay at Hotel Metro downtown, right? i remember seeing seen the Timberwolves walking out of there one day it's like oh that's interesting
0: absolutely um, my way to work is I walk by the Fister fairly regularly and it's not uncommon to encounter some very extra large people whether they're baseball players or <laughs> basketball players <laughs> right, you can tell right you can definitely I tell. do
2: remember seeing one of the Bucks at Sweet Diner you know you know it's a good place when everybody's popping up you're like hey that's a familiar face but we've got we've got so many great options in Milwaukee so hopefully we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed in this but the NBA is saying we need more flights we need more hotels we need more this we we need more of that and you can't snap your fingers and make that happen
0: yeah i think the Ryder cup proved we can handle lots of private jets arriving in milwaukee that was a pretty wild week
1: good point there's no doubt about that any surprises out of the uh, the early primaries uh, side of school referendums and things like that
0: Khalif rainey who's not running for re-election in the center city the sherman park area century city kind of 30th and capitol street if you want an intersection there's four people running to replace him. every single one got at least 20 percent of the vote that race is wide open And that'll be interesting to see, because that will be a powerful voice on the Common Council.
1: Awesome stuff. Jeremy Janine, President of Urban Milwaukee, we'll have you back again, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's 1143 on WTMJ, an iconic burger joint's been out of business for a number of years, and now they're finally deciding to sell off all its stuff. Got the details after this. All right, so Jessica and I both grew up in the Brookfield area. And if you grow up in the Brookfield area and you head off to Brookfield Square, boy, it's hard not to settle in for a lunch at Fuddruckers. Was it it hard? I
2: don't know. Well, here's the thing. I actually was born on the northwest side of Milwaukee, and then I was there until about fifth, sixth grade, and then I moved over into the Elm Grove Brookfield area. So I don't know exactly when that Fuddruckers started because I only went there, I think, one time. Okay.
1: And I didn't have okay. the best experience, so I'm not surprised that it's. Well, gone. I, that's when the mall food court had like a Wendy's and a Lucas Pizza, and maybe an oh, Orange Julius. So you just didn't yeah. have the options
2: and the cookies, those big
1: cookies. Yes, yes, you had that kind of stuff. And now you got food Auntie courts, Ann's and you or- got plate Right, I mean, it was a. Totally different landscape back in, I don't know, 1989 when I was first kind of traversing the area in (laughs) Brookfield. Well, you don't often associate a liquidation sale with a restaurant, but here we are. Fuddruckers, they shuttered their doors several years ago, but they have reopened, not as a dining facility, but to get rid of all the stuff. And they had all sorts of stuff on the walls, hanging from the ceilings, from guitars to pictures of Elvis to framed pictures that were kind of strange neon signs gas pumps yeah
2: those old gas pumps those are always pretty cool
1: it's all for sale adam roberts is at the liquidation sale adam what are you finding and what's your budget
3: <laughs> well greg i'm a work i'm a radio worker so the budget is probably somewhere in the triple digits not quadruple digits but i think to the Badfinger song if you want it here it is Come and get it, but you better hurry because it may not last. So I've been out here for a couple of hours already, and I'm seeing everything flying quite literally off the walls. Uh, so Best Estate Services is the group that's kind of putting this all together. They're handing out crowbars. They're handing out drills. They're handing out screwdrivers. And it's basically, oh, wow. if you want it, grab it and get it. give us a price. Ah, uh, there are some stickered items, but there's other ones where it's, you know, make a bid and we'll see what we can come up with. And yeah, everything must go. Just kind of walking down the line right now. We got a guy with a Miller light sign. neon sign is ripped off the wall. We got a lady looks like with a colander. We've got some <laughs> uh, condiment cases. It is everything must go.
2: Have you talked to anybody yet? I'd love to know some of their stories, just like why they said, I've got to get here. I remember seeing this on the wall. I want this, or I also heard there's some just, Kitchen equipment. Uh, maybe somebody in the culinary world goes out there and just gets a really great bargain on a piece of equipment they need for their kitchen.
3: Well, Jessica, you really do have a cross section of everyone from Southeast Wisconsin here. Greg, you mentioned 1989. I actually talked with a woman who came to this very Fud Ruckers on her first date with her now husband of 30 years, and she was back here today trying to find the booth
2: <gasps> oh, that's that they fed in on
3: their first date. And unfortunately, Times have changed and a lot has been cycled in and out of the restaurant in the last, you know, 45 years or so. But she was still able to get a couple of pictures off the wall that were here from that day. Uh, We actually, it's funny, we had very early on. So there was this mad rush to get in here. There were about 200 people. And within the first five minutes, someone tried to walk out with a Point Brewery sign. And they weren't even going to pay. But uh, Eric Rolson just kind of managing the whole thing. He stopped that real quick brought that back in. They actually had gotten out the door. Yeah,
2: you can't steal the stuff.
3: Yeah, you you do have to pay. It's not a complete (laughs) free-for-all.
1: Well, to Jessica's point, I mean, some of this kitchen equipment is super expensive. Like The giant... You know the giant, the little KitchenAid thing that you might have at home. They've got you know steroid-sized versions of that. Oh yeah, everybody and the kitchen- puts that on
2: their wedding list yes. as a gift.
1: Those are so expensive. Like, you get a big giant dough hook. There you go. Go to Fuddruckers. You'll be able to find it. Yes, everyone's paying with cash.
2: Get in we this are. line if you're paying with Nine, cash. Two.
3: Hey Grego, you need a cold prep table? Maybe. You can buy it right now for three grand.
1: Three grand? Alright. I better just get two of them then. Adam Roberts is at Fuddruckers, not for burgers, for stuff. Thank you, Adam. You bet. See you guys. It's eleven fifty two on WTM. It is wild. Right. And you just you know people are just like lined up at the door to try and get into that place when it opens. The
2: funny thing is I remember the one thing I remember from going to that Fuddruckers is I had a bad burger and then it was around Halloween, so they let the kids pick out a pumpkin and then I had like a rotten pumpkin in two days. So I was like,
1: man, how to not go back to a restaurant. Right. No, I totally get that. (laughs) Maybe Red Lobster is on your top 10 list. Remember what they did a year ago? They lost all sorts of money. Well, now they're doubling down. Of course, it's going to work, right? Right? We'll see. Hey, we've got four tickets to give away to the Milwaukee RV show. It takes place February 29th through March. Third, it'll be at the State Fair Expo Center. Uh, we've got a four pack. Is that right, Aaron? Aaron, a four pack of tickets. We'll do that to caller number four eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to dial in on the talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty, a four pack of tickets for you to the Milwaukee RV Show. You big Red Lobster fan.
2: I love seafood, absolutely love seafood. Have not been to Red Lobster in decades, but I know it is so extremely popular. It's like an olive garden when it comes to that. It's just it's
1: always... Always cars, it right? Is. I mean, it is always packed for whatever reason. And I think the one I'm thinking about is uh, off Mayfair Road near Mayfair Mall, uh, kind of the Tosa area. That's the one that I would most typically drive by, uh, just kind of scooting around town. You might remember this from last summer. Red Lobster did this ultimate endless shrimp deal. That was really a deal for those who took advantage of it. Sure, I, you got all the shrimp you could eat for like twenty bucks. But it didn't
2: work out so well. I, for no, know they, they
1: lost like eleven million dollars. Like <laughs> it just like whoa. somebody
2: thought it was a smart idea. I mean, it does bring a lot of people in. That's for sure. But now we're no with something new.
1: What are they doing now?
2: This is all you can eat lobster, which sounds amazing, but there's a little like asterisk in the rules because it only goes to 150 winners. So it's not like Olive Garden where you can come in and eat pasta forever. It's 150 winners, but those people, you have two hours to sit down and just (laughs) feast. (laughs) You also get, by the way, because people love those cheddar biscuits. You get two sides of cheddar biscuits. Also, there's a max of 12 full lobsters, so you can sit down, eat 12 whole lobsters, but if you go that far after that, they're only giving you the tails.
1: Okay, so it's all-you-can-eat lobster, but at some point, they control what lobster you're going to eat. Yes, is that what I'm understanding to understand? It's still
2: lobster, though. I mean, just a sitting down for a lobster tail is plenty for okay, a Okay, all right.
1: So there are things that make sense to me in the all-you-can-eat world. I don't know if your body is ready to handle all-you-can-eat lobster.
2: I always think of lobster as light, though, which is nice. I just think it's also messy, and it takes time. So I thought maybe that's part of it. You know, shrimp what they were doing before, so many people eating it, it goes quickly. Lobster, I feel like, is it, it takes you a little bit more time to get through it all. So maybe they're hoping that eh, people only eat four and then Bob comes in and maybe has twelve. But...
1: Instead of twelve plates of shrimp, which cost Red Lobster eleven million dollars. Can you imagine being in the marketing meeting? All right, guys, last year didn't work. Right? <laughs> we we failed miserably. We what lost do we eleven do now? million dollars. Well what do we do this year? How about all you can eat lobster?
2: Okay, one of the people who won, I was I was checking out Twitter or X now, you know, formerly Twitter. One lady says she's one of the winners. She says, "Thank you. This pregnant mama will come ready to eat." There's another one too that says, "I'm ready. Let's go, lobby."
1: Can you have shellfish if you're pregnant?
2: You are not supposed to have some seafood. Okay. I th- <laughs> There'd be some true. restrictions
1: on that, and I, certainly I don't know the about all lobster you, in particular, the all you can eat variety might not be the best I, for me. <laughs> She's I like I like lobster; it's fine, but all the butter and all the lemon that I would have with that, I think it would be like a rental for me. That, that would just be that'd be a rough evening. I have a feeling.
2: Oh man! Well, you are not one of the winners, Greg. So. Uh, no, no be
1: Signing up, so well, free shrimp didn't work. So let's try free lobster. What could go wrong? It's eleven fifty eight on WTMJ. 12 o'clock news coming up just next.
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Matzik and Jessica Ty. Happy Thursday to one
1: and all. Greg Matzik and Jessica time with you. It is 12.09 on Wisconsin's Midday News. Plenty to get to this hour, including some positive news regarding home sales in Milwaukee. You've got some Wisconsin connections here in the world of reality TV. We might even break a little news here later this hour. Hang with us here with a special tuned. announcement to come. What are we following here as we flip into the afternoon, Aaron? It's now at noon on Wisconsin's Midday News. All right, so my phone's back in service.
2: It is. It just came back. It, Hallelujah. I
1: had a tip on the talk and text line here. You know, go into airplane mode, go off airplane mode, turn your phone off, turn it back on. Uh, I did that, and my service has been restored. I don't think that's exactly what it took to restore <laughs> service or for the 74,000-plus or whatever who were out of service. AT&T customers massive outage today disrupting phone service across america it appears as if the wave of issues is at least being resolved
2: well that's good because i mean this was hours and especially when you're trying to get ready for the day you're trying to get going you're getting the kids off to school you're going into work i mean what an inconvenience to not be able to have your cell phone because we're so connected to the cell phone these days i
1: I noticed it in my car i sat down i was like why is my phone not connecting to my my card, all. So I thought it was a Bluetooth thing. Nope. but I looked at my phone. It said SOS on it. Uh, So Milwaukee customers being affected primarily if you're in Texas, Los Angeles, these are some of the major areas affected. AT&T, very quick to say it's not a cybersecurity hack or anything like that. At least that's what they're saying right now. But uh, problem being resolved as we speak.
2: Number two, results are out today from a new Marquette Law School poll. This one, you'll remember yesterday we gave you some new results, too. This is new, though. They're looking at different topics. So this one finds a tight race between former President Donald Trump and President joe biden they looked at close to 900 voters across the country that's a typical number for what they do and trump is a choice of 51 percent of registered voters president joe biden the choice of 49 percent
1: not a surprise i, I think these Those numbers these state, have been very pretty close, close yep. for quite some time with a simple question if the 2024 election for president were held today right this is discounting primaries and things that could happen to shift where things could go although we're not expecting that to happen Uh, but these numbers have been tight really since the get-go
2: and you always want to look at two likely voters. I mean, it's one thing if you just go out there and, and do a poll, and it's not the people who are actually going to go out and vote. So among likely voters, the numbers change just a little bit. actually goes up for former President Donald Trump. Trump receives 52 percent, Biden 48 percent.
1: Interesting. Well, you often hear about the spring buying season with regard to homes or automobiles, larger purchases. Well, apparently... January to January, 2023 to 2024, existing home sales jumped 7.4%. This is the first annualized monthly increase in home sales since December of 21. Step in the right direction.
2: It's been interesting to see. And I know we're going to talk about this more coming up after the break with one of the experts. But I have, I love to check out Zillow. I know you do too. Yeah, I'm just nerd for, on that. For, for different reasons. Yeah. But, um, for, you know, for a long time, there just wasn't a ton on the market, it seemed. And then what was up there was staying around for a long time. Of course, you had the holidays. I mean, some people put their homes up, and then they actually take them off the market for the holidays because everybody's busy, nobody's looking to buy at the time. But it's that time of the year right now as we look ahead to spring that more homes are being put on the market. Home sales uh, up. Prices still also up there. Okay. <laughs> Interest rates
1: still up there a little bit too which makes you wonder why the increase there's some theories behind it we're going to explore that coming up on the other side with greater milwaukee area real estate chairwoman sarah cole she's going to help us break this down make more sense of it and let you know if you've been looking at buying a home or even a second home why now might be a great time for you or you may want to hold off we'll get into that coming up in just a couple of minutes it's twelve thirteen 13 on wtmj 1216 on WTMJ. it's Wisconsin's Midday News. Greg Matzik and Jessica Ty with you until 1 o'clock. Talked about home sales being up in the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee area specifically, about 7.5% year to year, January to January. This is great news. Is it the start of a trend, or is it just more of, a- Now we're a little bit more ready to make that purchase because we know interest rates are potentially coming down a little bit later. We welcome in Sarah Cole. She is the chairwoman of the uh, GMAR, Greater Milwaukee Area Realtors, joining us on the line. Hello, Sarah. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. So I'm curious about these numbers. We know spring is a a popular time for those in Wisconsin to get out and start doing some home shopping. That, of course, has been tempered in the last couple of years what do you make of the year-to-year growth from 2023 to 2024?
6: Well, I think a couple of things are in play. I think there was some pent-up energy there, um, some people that maybe were waiting to make a move because they had a lower interest rate um, and just decided, you know, we're going to move anyway. And I think another thing, um, for me personally, I've had a couple of buyers where they were used to waiting till the spring market, and they just decided to get a jump on it. And they did, so we closed in January instead. So... I think a couple of things are playing into that.
2: Uh Uh-oh. Did we lose you? Oh, there you are. I'm back. Oh, there you are. You're back. So right now, this market today, does this market still benefit the seller?
6: It does. So even though our inventory was up slightly, so across the state you could say it was up 19% in the last 12 months, but if you take its add in and dial it in a little bit closer, we went from 2.1 month inventory to 2.5, but a balanced market is six. So we're still really in a seller's market.
2: And what about these home prices? Because I know when I've looked out there with my husband, sometimes we see these great homes. It's like, oh, it's nice. It's, it's getting to be closer to spring. More homes are hitting the market, which is nice to see. But sometimes you look right. at the homes and it still feels like the prices are too high for what you're getting.
6: <laughs> they are high and they are continuing to rise. I don't think that you're going to see, um, we're hoping that they'll stabilize somewhat, but I don't think you're going to see a decrease um, clearly because we have no inventory. So we have more buyers and we have houses to sell them.
1: You know, it's interesting, Sarah, if, if you look and, and, and be curious to explore the nationwide trends as well, what markets continue to grow, what markets uh, have leveled off a little bit. But there are, are some thoughts that, you know, with interest rates scheduled or perhaps scheduled to decrease even ever so slightly, that if they do, the homes are going to fly off the market. What limited inventory there is, they are going to fly are you better off maybe getting ahead of the game, thinking that you might be able to refinance in, in a couple of years to at least get into the home that you want to get into?
6: I think so. And I think that was, um, again, my buyer's experience. It was just better to get into the home and then deal with maybe a rate reduction. And some mortgage companies are offering you know low fees or no fees to um, refinance if the rates do come down. You know, our chief economist for NAR, the National Association of Realtors, does predict by you know fall well, that we should be down about six point three percent. Now it's just a prediction, but if that happened, that would be great. That does help affordability as well.
1: Well, home sales are going to be interesting to watch you throughout the spring as uh, the weather gets a little bit better, people get out and about and start looking at the limited inventory that we seem to have here. Sarah, much appreciated, and uh, thank you for spending a little time with us today and helping us break it down. Thank you so much
6: for having me. Have
1: a great one. You bet. Sarah Cole is the chairwoman of the Greater Milwaukee Area Realtors. I I play around on Zillow a lot. I'm curious to see when markets sort of level off a little bit. Uh, It's more of a nationwide view. But home values is in Sussex, in Elm Grove, in Greendale, Greenfield, in Fond du Lac. Like Everything is, is up.
2: Oh, yeah. And you talk about Elm Grove. I, I look at Elm Grove just out of curiosity from time to time because that's where my mom is. And there's like four homes. I mean, maybe, maybe three, sometimes two. There, there's just not a lot. And there's the whole other topic, too, of older adults who have lived in these homes for so long. The homes are paid off. And they, they don't want to get out of their homes because they think, well, if I go somewhere else, you know, it actually might be more expensive by the time they, they do rent in one place. They're they're so comfortable in their homes. So they're just staying for a long time and that's causing not as much inventory as well for yeah. the younger people.
1: The empty nesters are staying in homes longer than ever, either a home that's paid off or They've capitalized on a really low interest rate, yeah. and it just makes zero sense exactly. to get out of the bigger house at I understand. this point. Very interesting stuff. Twelve twenty-one on WTMJ. About ten years ago, the Bucks drafted a young player out of Greece. Yeah, you know his name, you know his story, but do you know all the details about how Giannis got his family to Wisconsin? It's fascinating. We've got a clip coming up. It's twelve twenty-one. Greg Mansick of Jessica time with you. It's Wisconsin's Midday News. So the Bucks will be back on the floor Friday. All-Star break coming to an end here. They'll take on the Timberwolves. Boy, I remember thinking back to 2014. I remember thinking back to the draft that brought Giannis to Milwaukee, being at Summerfest, and hearing his name called and looking at my papers, trying to figure out, like, who, what, who, what did they just do here? Who is this guy? And And how do I say his name? Exactly. I I very much struggled through that night of Sports Central, a former sports show that I hosted here on WTMJ. Shortly after Giannis arrived, he was connected with Joanne Anton. He worked, she worked, I should say, for former Senator Cole for nearly three decades. A long time. It did all sorts of behind-the-scenes work for the former Senator. Eating breakfast one day at the Pfister.
2: Of course, the Pfister. Of course, that's where Senator Cole Cole
1: always had his breakfast meetings. A skinny 18-year-old walked out of the elevator with (laughs) then-GN John Hammond. Giannis had his team, but he didn't have his family. And that was goal number one, Jessica, to get his family to Wisconsin. And Joanne Anton also... Of Greek descent is the person that helped make it all happen
7: it was really one of the first things that he talked about was like okay I'm here but like my family's coming it was a sentence it wasn't a question and it took a lot of work to get us there and um, I think one of the first things we discovered um, certainly and I say this on behalf of Senator Cole this wasn't you know anything I've ever done you know for the last 30 years it has been on his behalf But it was in those moments those early moments of meeting him that i knew this was different than any old visa or immigration case that we were going to um, try to unravel and it was so personal i mean they're all personal but this one was you know this was personal and tied up in his psyche
4: they didn't have a greek passport so here's the united states government you're saying well you're trying to bring someone from greece
1: who doesn't have a greek passport it doesn't work that way we can't get them in I had never
0: left my family site before. I came here, I was eighteen. I had to figure everything out by myself. After practice, you know the NBA, you you don't you don't do things as a team. You know, you kinda after practice everybody has their own thing, their own families. Everybody's busy. I was a kid.
7: This was not just, you know, an an everyday um, conversation we were having about how significant and important his family was to him. And, you know, and it turned out it really was. Um, I was looking back through some of just like the correspondence, and we are almost like to the day, 10 years ago, of when um, his parents came, both when we got the approval, and when his parents, I think, within like five days, his parents were on a plane and here. So we were sitting in Elsa's in June, and by January, it was a long, it was a rough six, seven months of, of um, being patient and making sure, Giannis was reassured and hopeful. Um, but there were lots of times during that, during that waiting period, that he was. You know, struggling, struggling, just on a personal level, and I think it—it it turned out that you know on a professional level too, he was struggling to sort of get his footing until um, until his parents came.
1: So this all appears, the, the full interview, on Behind the Bucks. It's a, a long-form storytelling podcast. I know you had Craig Karmazin on a couple of days ago to talk about Bucks, Bucks plus. plus. yeah. Uh, so that's where you can find all this stuff. Wherever you enjoy your podcasts, you can find our Bucks Plus platform. Uh, or go to Bucks.com slash plus, and you can see all the interesting content. Really unique, interesting. It's a a three-part series on how Giannis got his family to Milwaukee. It's fascinating.
2: It's fascinating, yes. Behind-the-scenes stories you won't find anywhere else.
1: Not at all. Time for news about your money, the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Big day here, as the Dow is currently up 376 points at 38,988. The NASDAQ has pushed over 16,000, up 422 points. The S&P 500, up over 5,000, up 95 points at 5,077. For financial advice from a fee-only fiduciary, visit Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com.
2: The beloved candy shop in the middle of the Milwaukee Public Market is headed out, so... What's coming in? We have breaking news on Wisconsin's Midday News. The executive director of the Milwaukee Public Market, Paul Schwartz, is here to reveal the new vendor. And thank you so much for coming on, Paul, because I know you basically just wrapped up this deal and drove over here.
8: Literally just signed our lease that we've been agreed upon for a while. But, uh, but yeah, we're breaking in here first. Freezy's Candy Shop out of West Allis, which has been around for nearly a century, is taking over for Kears Candy at the public market. So... Congratulations, 620. You you just got the news. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Hey, we appreciate it. I worked hard to get that. I was like, you know, let's do this. Yeah. But this is awesome because it, it's just kind of a, a natural movement from one candy spot to the next.
8: It is. And and the, the great part about it was that Kier's actually um, left on, we've left on great terms. They've been around for 18 years. Yeah. They've been in the candy making business for a long time. Uh, it was just time to retire. And they actually helped us recruit uh, freezies they recommended them um, help us uh, connect us with them and so it was a seamless transition transition and freezies actually wants to be open in some capacity for the lead up to easter which is like one of their biggest holidays i'm so,
1: almost curious about the the competition for this space paul yeah. right we, we talked about you know the starbucks leaving red arrow park in and in a big b coffee going in there yeah. and there were others that tried right. and it just didn't work so we're, we're,
8: was there competition for this? Were there others that said, no, you know, what? we'd like to come in and do something? The, the issue we have is that if we announce it, that there's a space, we know that we're going to get flooded. And sometimes that's good. But typically what we have is a, a handful of, of vendors or businesses that, were, that intrigue us that we might want to reach out to first before we start to solicit uh, proposals. Uh, we've known about freezies for a long time. We've, we've had them in the back of our heads. But um, the opportunity never really presented itself until now. We have constant inquiries at the market. As you can imagine, we just people. Somebody just emailed me this morning just to talk about any opportunities, and especially when Kiers announced they were leaving. Sure, there was all sorts of different aspects uh, and, and invitations, or people wanting to do different things there. So it's a it's a good problem to have, you know.
2: I thought you might actually have a, a waiting list. Just companies yes. on this list.
8: We have a list. It's just everything's a matter of timing. What's available? What, that particular business might be interested at the time, but we have. I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but definitely, you know, uh, multiple inquiries a month about potential uh, new businesses wanting to open up.
2: Freezy's, the breaking news. Freezy's going into the candy shop location. The Curs will soon be exiting. They're known for that famous fairy food, right? They
8: are. And turtles. And everything. Oh, yes. Yum. Everything. If you've been in their West Allis store, everything is hand dipped and, and homemade. And... Um, Walked in there today and and not just because they knew we were coming, but every day you'll see the parents and the three kids there working. It's like that great family tradition that is what makes the public market so special and that you have these family institutions that have been around for decades, sometimes nearly a century, uh, that they get to showcase their product and then leave it on for the next generation. So, Paul, what's the time frame? Can you comment on the timing of all this? They're targeting, they really want to capitalize on the Easter holiday, which is at the end of March. And so they would like to open up, if even temporarily, sometime in late March. Uh, But they want to be open up as quickly as possible. They're navigating through the city um, licensing and health uh, uh, department navigation. Uh, We're hoping in the next month or so uh, they'll be open permanently.
2: You were just sitting down at the table with all of the folks. What are they saying just about this opportunity? Because the Milwaukee Public Market, I mean, it is a bustling place. It's just an awesome location to be in. So that has to mean a lot for them.
8: It was, and they were ready for – they had been thinking about something that would leave to their their kids and and that generation. And they'd been thinking a long time about what would that be at another location, where would it be. Right now, it was simply a matter of all the stars aligning. We had availability, they had interest, and they wanted to move quickly, as did we, and um, it just was kind of magic.
1: How much turnover do you typically have at the market? There have been a lot
8: of vendors that I recall seeing time and time again. Not much. In fact, the the Cures departure is one of the first of the originals that that is deciding to depart. And when you think about that, 20 years in the making, they've been in business for nearly 20 years at the market. And getting to an age where if they sign on to another you know, three to five years, their children are just not of the age that they want to take over the business. And so now it's just a matter of bringing in that new next generation of new vendors, which we think um, has an advantage, too, just in terms of new energy and different product for offerings and stuff like that. So we're excited.
2: What do you think has led to the Milwaukee public market success? I know it wasn't easy in the very beginning. There was a little bit of a struggle at the start, but... Wow, for a long time now, it's just been thriving. What do you attribute that to?
8: I would say a combination of things, great location. Historic Third Ward is obviously one of the more energetic and vibrant neighborhoods in the entire city. Um, We, I think, would humbly say that we've worked very hard to develop an ecosystem there that is inviting and creates an experience that both locals and out-of-towners really enjoy. Nothing helps better than credibility through word of mouth. So we have to be delivering for locals in order for people to find out about us. Uh, we've, get, we've gotten lucky with some national media coverage and recognition on movies. Um, and I think all that plays into it. But really it go, boils down to a lot of the people who live in the Milwaukee area who just patronize us on a regular basis.
1: Paul, can you hang on for a second? I have more questions about the market, including some of your great partnerships Absolutely. with local chefs and, and things that you do, fun events and stuff like that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hang on. So Thank we'll you. get more of the Milwaukee Public Market coming up here in just a couple of minutes here on WTMJ.
2: We've been talking with Paul Schwartz, Executive Director of the Milwaukee Public Market, because he is breaking news on Wisconsin's Midday News. Earlier, you heard that the the candy shop in the middle of the market was on its way out. So I wanted to know who is coming in, and Paul came to break the news right here. It is Freezy's Candy Shop, so it's just it's just so appropriate. Hopefully, you heard us before. It's a, it's a local candy shop, so we're excited about that. But we also want to talk more in depth with you too about the the market in general. And something I was thinking about: so many food halls are popping up. It, Across the country, but especially here. I mean, right here yes. our studios inside 3rd Street Market Hall. You've got Crossroads Collective over on the east side. You, Sherman you've all,
8: Phoenix on the northwest Sh-
2: Yep, that was the other one, Sherman mm-hmm. Phoenix. And then you also have another market. You've got the, the Mequon Public sure. Market as well. But uh, can everybody survive?
8: I think the answer is I don't know, but I think the answer, er, in, all indications point to yes. Um, last year, for example, 3rd Street Market Hall, whom I love and adore the owners and developers of this uh, location um, has done remarkably well. Coincidentally, last year was also the the busiest um, year we've ever had. It was our it was our number one year um, since we opened, with over twenty six million dollars in sales and oh, over wow. two million visits.
2: Why do you think that was?
8: I think it's a combination of a renaissance that's going on in the down, greater downtown area. You see companies that are moving from the suburbs down here. You see a lot of residential developments down here, and we're developing programming and food products that are just not offered in other areas. There's a huge tourism bus bustle too, with Visit Milwaukee promoting conventions. And stuff like that. I just think all the stars are aligning, and and there's. There are appropriate audiences and customer bases for all these different food halls. The best crab roll is found at the Milwaukee Public
1: Market. I would, humbly, I would humbly agree. Oh my gosh, It's fantastic! <laughs> There's at the also Saint a Paul great Fish lobster
2: Market. lunch at St. Paul. That's right. We're, so we're not we're not talking about not the all you can, can eat, eat kind at, at red lobster. At red lobster. <laughs> yeah, that's very different no. here.
1: Yeah. You know, we we've had a great friendship uh, develop with Adam Pavlik, who's uh, one of our uh, favorite celebrity yeah. chefs. And we did a great weekly segment with him throughout the football season, yeah. uh, but we'd always talk to Adam about other stuff. Like, yeah. what else are you doing here? And we know that you've partnered with him on on cooking classes, Pasta 101, just how to roll your own pasta with a Hell's Kitchen chef. So it's that level of creativity and partnership with others in, in the food
8: business here that have, have really helped take it to another level. And that's a great point. So if you think about all the layers of experience that we want to try to offer, I think that speaks volumes to why people keep coming back to the market, whether it's cooking classes or they're there for a wedding at a private event or they're there for one of the vendors downstairs. Adam has been a great partner, not only for cooking classes, but we hosted a chef collaboration dinner with them where we had other about seven other chefs and donated money to seven different charities all Fantastic. from one night. Mm. Adams is great for the city, and obviously a huge advocate of the public market too.
2: Those cooking classes, they go fast. They do. I we, have been on there, and it's like, sold out, sold out, yeah. sold out. I'm like, oh shoot, yeah. I gotta get on top of that You gotta the right Just person, apparently. Are you the right person? Okay, call. now I, now I Just know. Just make
1: a call, don't go on right. that.
2: <laughs> oh man, the other thing too, outside. I've noticed you guys are making an effort to do a little bit more outside. Is that something that you're focusing on when it's nice, of course, It's Milwaukee? a conscious
8: effort, for sure. What I've always thought about is the market is obviously defined by its building but we shouldn't necessarily limit ourselves to the four walls that def- that you know border the space so what we've done is uh, progressively acquired on leases or use agreements uh, outdoor spaces from either the city or the Wisconsin Department of Transportation we opened pickleball courts a couple of years ago they yeah, have been a huge right. success we launched a concert series across the street under the freeway last uh, uh, two years ago and then we continue to just make an outdoor presence known with temporary vendors and pop-up vendors including draft and vessel which opens up a 1940s pickup truck. Um, your vessel, uh, so I'm big on every, and we all know this. Milwaukee and midwestern cities are bullish on getting outside during the summertime and and seasonal activity outdoors. We should all be capitalizing on that. Well, we've talked
1: about how the weather has been just such a, an awful thing for certain industries in our state, mm-hmm. especially if, as you go north here. You're relying on snowmobiles and ice fishing and things along that line. Has it almost helped benefit the Milwaukee public market that more people are just sort of out and about, maybe not wanted to hibernate
8: because it's, you know, four degrees outside? Yeah, sure. We're not immune to the four degree weather and people just limiting how much they want to go outside or just the dangerous road conditions that might be out there. However, I will say this, if they're not traveling or if their travel is stunted out of the state, they are staying locally and might patronize our businesses a little bit more. Obviously, like every other retail business, especially restaurant, we see a huge spike when it's even sunny out and, and 25 degrees. Yeah. But like a day like this, we're jam-packed as I was walking over here. so
2: I was also thinking outside you had that dinky
8: rink. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> it's fun while it lasted, but that was a casualty of Mother Nature. Sure. Yeah,
1: I get that. Yeah. It's, uh, you need ice. That's yeah. for sure. Well, this is exciting news. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Paul Schwartz is the executive director of the Milwaukee Public Market. Freezes candy coming into the Milwaukee Public Market. And I left you some Easter. chocolate
8: here, too. Please feel free to enjoy.
2: I'm going to take a peek. Are there caramels <laughs> in here? Yeah. Yes, which is
8: which. So that's the fun Ooh, part.
2: Oh.
1: Bob, we thank you Lots for your time. Goodness. Congratulations on a, on a great year and a continued run of success. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You, you, bet. you bet. 1252 Paul. on WTMJ. Kristen Bryce spanning the state coming up after the 1 o'clock news. We'll see what she has coming up after this.